Hello, everyone, and welcome to Unsafe Space. I'm your host, Carter Laren. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can go to unsafespace.com to sign up for our mailing list and also support the show uh, financially. You can also go to subscribestar.com slash unsafespace to support us. I wanted to talk to you today about ending these protests and riots. Like, is there an end in sight? How do we know when we can end? Uh, these riots have gone on for almost three weeks now, I think. Uh, uh, we've seen buildings burned, shops looted, people's livelihoods destroyed, people hurt and, and killed, including black people. And we've also been told by the mainstream media that, well, violence is actually a valid tool for social change, so we should just kind of get used to it. And so this makes normal people wonder, when is this insanity going to end? And... Before we get into it, I want to preface with a couple points. First, I am not, for those of you who are new to the show, I know we have a lot of new subscribers, thanks to Dr. K and uh, Yasmin Muhammad. I am not a Blue Lives Matter kind of guy. I'm not all about, you know, yay, yay, cops, cops, cops. We are, I believe we're living in a police state. The war on drugs is immoral. It's been used to justify the militarization of the police, and it's been used to incarcerate thousands of, of people for nonviolent crimes that I don't think should be crimes. I don't believe that more policing and tougher sentences are an answer to the country's drug abuse problem at all. In fact, that's a topic of another show. <clears throat> I do think we should reform police departments across the nation. Absolutely. Some places that we could start that are obvious. Well, we could abolish the war on drugs. Uh, the war on drugs has been used as a justification for lots of increased police power. We could abolish no-knock warrants. Those are abhorrent and lead to the death of people like Breonna Taylor. We could abolish civil asset forfeiture, which is completely immoral. We could eliminate or reform qualified immunity. We could get rid of police unions, which are often used to protect the bad cops, even when we know they're bad cops, the unions step in and they still get their pension or they get protected or reinstated in some cases. Those are all valid police reforms that I think we should advocate for. But this is not what the protester for, protesters are advocating for, at least based on what I can tell from Black Lives Matter's demands, which we will get into in a moment. But I want to, the second preface point I want to make is that you shouldn't mistake these protesters for the black community. They are not the black community. There are a lot of run-of-the-mill champagne leftists and pasty white Antifa wannabes hiding behind Black Lives Matter during these protests. These are the same protesters that have been responsible for every leftist protest since Trump has taken office. Uh, this is the hashtag resist crowd. It's the pussy hat wearing crowd. It's the Russian people. It's an orgy of Trump derangement syndrome. That's what this is. It's not a targeted uh, black only protest against specific police reforms. That's not what it is. Um, it's not what they claim it's about at all. Just look at the rest of the world. We have these protests happening in cities all outside the United States. London, Berlin, Paris, Copenhagen, Milan, Auckland, 
Rio, Sao Paulo, Mexico City, Dublin, even in Syria, they're protesting this. Syria! They're protesting in Syria about an atrocity committed by a Minneapolis cop, who, by the way, has been arrested and charged with the crime. This is not about George Floyd. It's not even about black lives. This is about radical leftists salivating at the chance to drive another nail into the coffin of the West. That's why you see people around the world joining these protests. They're not outraged over George Floyd in Krakow, Poland. That's not why they're outraged. They are global socialists raising their fists in solidarity with their revolutionary brothers and sisters abroad. That's what this is about. That's what it's about. Okay, so let's ask ourselves, what do they want? How do we end these protests? There's protests and riots. Uh, there's demands. Now, again, I'm saying this is not the black community and that this is leftists generally, but they are hiding behind Black Lives Matter and they are saying, here's Black Lives Matter's demands. Let's look at their demands. So, okay, presumably if we meet their demands, they can, they can stop burning cities down, right? And, and hurting people. So, Let's, uh, you know, they're calling it a Black Lives Matter movement. Let's go ahead and take them at their word and see what Black Lives Matter is demanding. By the way, if you'll notice, they're, they won't be demanding any of the things that I talked about earlier about actual police reform. So let's take a look. I've got uh, Black Lives Matter's page here. We'll pull it up. Okay, sign the petition. See their demands. Okay, let's see. Here are their demands. Now, they're written out in paragraph format, but there's basically five demands here. They are, we demand acknowledgement and accountability for the devaluation and dehumanization of black life at the hands of the police. That's one. Two, we call for radical sustainable solutions that affirm the prosperity of black lives. Three, this part here is just context. They're not saying anything. Uh, or no, making any demands mean. Three, we call for an end to the systemic racism that allows this culture of corruption to go unchecked and our lives to be taken. Four, we call for a national defunding of police. And five, we demand investment in our communities and the resources to ensure black people not only survive, but thrive. So those are the demands. Those are the demands that Black Lives Matter is giving us. Uh, my contention is that these demands are fake. They are intentionally worded so that it's impossible to meet them for two reasons. Either they're unrealistic or they are so vague that we'll never know if we've achieved them. They're not measurable in any way. These demands are designed to perpetually stay there. They will never be met, which means this entire protest and riot and outrage is fake. It's fake. It is a fake movement. Because if it was really about something and they really had demands, they would be measurable, specific demands. They would want specific reforms and then they would disband when those reforms uh, were met or when those demands were met. But these demands are worded in a way that they can never be met. Let's go through them. Number one, we demand acknowledgement and accountability for the devaluation and dehumanization of black life at the hands of police. Okay, this one is just weak and non-specific. Do they mean ending qualified immunity? Ending police unions? What? What do they mean? 
There's nothing at all measurable about this because they don't want us to meet this demand. Uh, they want us. They want to. They want to continue amassing power through cultivating outrage. That's what they want here. Now, as it pertains specifically to George Floyd uh, and his life at the hands of police, well, nearly everyone in the entire nation agrees that Derek Chauvin should be arrested and tried for his behavior. And guess what? He was arrested and he is facing charges. All four cops were fired. Is that, like, doesn't that count as acknowledgement and accountability? They say they want, we demand acknowledgement and accountability. Isn't that what that is with respect to George Floyd? But that's not what they mean. They mean something else and they wanna be vague about it so that this demand will never be met. And just think about this, so long as somewhere in a country of 330 million people, they can find one example of one black person being mistreated by one police officer. They can continue to do claim that the police are devaluing and dehumanizing black lives. That's what they can claim, so long as it happens once. And look, in a society with uh, laws and people who enforce them, there will always be examples of someone mistreating someone else. It's going to happen. So this demand is entirely fake. It's not intended to be met. It will never be met. They will always be able to point to some example of a police officer mistreating someone, and therefore this demand is perpetual. Let's take a look at demand number two. We call for radical, sustainable solutions that affirm the prosperity of black lives. All right. Some of you may be thinking, what the actual fuck does that mean? Uh, okay, your prosperity is affirmed. Can we stop burning cities now? Is, that, is it over, BLM? Affirmed. If you haven't read any of the pseudo-intellectual gobbledygook that passes for academic discourse lately, then this sentence will sound meaningless. Um, and that's because it is actually meaningless. Um, it's, it's meaningless if you try to read it and parse it as if it's English. Except SJWs, social justice warriors, the intersectionalists behind this, the philosophy behind this, they don't want you to actually read. They don't expect you to actually read. What they want is for you to look at keywords like radical and sustainable and affirm, and then conclude that whatever is being said must be moral and progressive and you know altogether unassailable. The meaning of this demand isn't explicit, it's implied. And that meaning is blindly adopt our pseudo-Marxist political ideology or else. That's it. That's what this is. This demand is fake because there's no measurable way to meet it. You can't measure that you've met this demand. Who says a solution will be sustainable, right? Or that it adequately affirms prosperity? By whose definition? You're being set up to fail with this demand. They'll always claim that this solution wasn't sustainable or that it didn't affirm adequately. Come on. Demand three. We call for an end to the systemic racism that allows this culture of corruption to go unchecked and our lives to be taken. Ah, systemic racism. That homeopathic boogeyman you can blame for all your problems but never quite see clearly. Here's how racists see racism everywhere. First, uh, a disparity in outcome is identified between two groups, usually two racial groups. So in, let's, as an example, let's take incarceration rates. Uh, according to the NAACP, in 2014, blacks made up 
34% of the prison population, uh, but at least according to the U.S. Census Bureau, uh, in 2014, only 12.7 of the population was black. The next obvious question to ask is why? Why are blacks thrown in jail disproportionately? Uh, and, and, you know, by the way, why aren't other minorities like Japanese thrown in jail disproportionately? Well, the woke answer is systemic racism. Uh, there is absolutely no attempt to investigate the reasons behind the disparity. Nope, none, nothing, no investigation. It's just taken as proof of systemic racism. Case closed, all done. Now let's go burn down our cities and make white people apologize and kneel before us and kiss our feet and wash our feet, whatever. Done. Done. That's it. But if you actually care about black lives being incarcerated at higher rates, uh, you don't just invent a toddler-like boogeyman like systemic racism and then call it a day. You're not just like, it's the man in the sky. Done. Oh, it's, it's systemic racism. I've solved the problem. No. You ask questions. You investigate. You ask, what's going on here? What's going on? And as it turns out in this case, blacks are incarcerated at higher rates because they commit crimes at higher rates. That's why. Specifically violent crime. According to FBI uh, data from 2018, blacks are over seven times as likely to commit murder as whites. Seven times. Let that sink in for a second. That number is outrageous. If any racial disparity is worth rioting over, you'd think that would be the racial disparity worth rioting over, and it would be whites rioting. But no, that fact is ignored as a possible contributing factor to higher incarceration rates. It's just systemic racism. That's it. Forget the seven times uh, more likely to murder. It's just systemic racism. The end. It's, it's like lobotomized people making decisions. And by the way, 88.9% of black people that are murdered uh, are murdered by other black people. So you'd think it would matter to Black Lives Matter, but that doesn't seem to matter. I never hear them talk about that. So if you care about black lives, you might start to ask why blacks commit more crimes at higher rates. That's the next question. Gee, what's going on in the black community? Can we fix that? That doesn't sound good. Seven times. And you might stumble into a number of contributing factors such as the breakdown of the family. And by the way, uh, before you blame slavery for the breakdown of the family, this breakdown is not a result of slavery. This is a trend that has been getting worse since slavery ended, not better. If it was due to slavery, it would be bad right after slavery and start getting better. No, it was much better earlier. Now it's getting worse. It's something other than slavery. In 1960, 22% of black children were raised in single parent families. Today, according to the 2019 Census Bureau data, that number is closer to 60%. And by some estimates, it's even higher. Listen to what Don Lemon has to say back in 2013. And number one, and probably the most important, just because you can have a baby, it doesn't mean you should, especially without planning for one or getting married first. More than 72% of children in the African-American community are born out of wedlock. That means absent fathers. And the studies show that lack of a male role model is an express train right to prison. And the cycle continues. He's right. Yeah, I just said Don Lemon was right. Yes. 
Uh, father absenteeism is an express train. Right to prison. It is. Uh, 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes, according to the U.S. Department of Health. That's five times the average. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. That's 32 times the average. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. That's 20 times the average, according to CDC. 80% of rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes. That's 14 times the average. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. That's nine times the average. According to a 2004 study in the Journal of Research on Adolescence, boys who are fatherless from birth are more than two times as likely to go to jail as peers from intact families. Boys who, whose father leave when they're between the ages of 10 and 14 are more than twice like, as likely to go to jail as peers from intact families. These aren't hate facts, whatever, whatever that means. Uh, these aren't right-wing talking points. Uh, even President Obama talked about the importance of fatherhood and stable families. Listen to this. Nothing that would be more important for us reducing violence than strong, stable families. Which means we should do more to promote marriage and encourage fatherhood. But the racists don't want you to try to understand factors like fatherlessness that contribute to disproportionate incarceration rates. They don't want you to understand that. Instead, they want you to take higher incarceration rates as proof that their magical boogeyman, their invisible boogeyman of systemic racism not only exists, but it is the primary and perhaps the only relevant contributing factor to all the problems facing the black community today. It's systemic racism. So, I get, maybe you're outraged that a white guy would suggest that systemic racism shouldn't be taken so seriously. How about you listen to Morgan Freeman? Do you think that race plays a part in wealth dis distribution or either a mindset that you can't Today? or cannot? Yeah. No. You don't? No. I don't. I don't. Hey, you and I, we're proof. Why would race have anything to do with it? Stick your, put your mind to what you want to do and go for that. Uh, it's kind of like religion to me. It's a good excuse for not getting there. Or better yet, Larry Elder. Blacks are convinced that the number one issue facing the country right now is social justice, racist white cops, uh, discrimination, systemic uh, racism, microaggression, whatever new word they come up with. And it's a bunch of nonsense. That's right. Systemic racism is nonsense. There's no null hypothesis here. Right? In other words, there's no way to demonstrate that it's not systemic racism, but something else is at play, right? Because we're not allowed to question the systemic racism narrative. So you couldn't possibly demonstrate that it's wrong because you're not allowed to question it. There's no null hypothesis. In science, theories like that get thrown out immediately. So I ask you, how on earth will we ever meet the demand of ending systemic racism when we're not even allowed to question it in the first place? If it did exist, and then it did end, how would we know, right? How would we know? We're not allowed to question it. If we ever suggest that it might be over, the leftists will just whip out their pitchforks and fire up their Instagram mobs to call us out and cancel us for even daring to question that systemic racism is a problem. And while we're talking about the system, since you guys are so worried about the system, let's take a look at the system, shall we? 
First of all, every major city that's protesting right now, all of them are 100% controlled by the left, and they have been for decades. The mayors are leftists. The state attorney generals are leftists. The city council members are leftists. The police chiefs are leftists. In many cities, these same leaders being accused of systemic racism are black. They're black. Mayor of Chicago, by the way, 11 homicides in Chicago this week, 25 just in the month of June so far. Nice, Chicago. Good job, Chicago. Mayor of Chicago, black, leftist. Superintendent of police, black. City of Chicago Council, well, there's 50 people on the city of Chicago Council. 46 of them are Democrats. Are the other four Republicans? No, they're independents. All 50, not a Republican in sight. I'm not a Republican. I'm not advocating for Republicans. But hey, the Dems are in charge in Chicago. Now, almost half of their city council is black. The Democrats are abs or people of color. Majority are people of color. Half of them are black almost. And a majority of people are color. The attorney general in Illinois, by the way, black, leftist. The whole Chicago problem is a leftist problem predominantly run by black leftists. It's not, where's the systemic white racism? It's your system. It's your system. Minneapolis, the mayor, well, the mayor's white, but he did take a knee. He's very willing to grovel. He's definitely a leftist. Uh, the chief of police, black. City council, the city council in Minneapolis is probably only a quarter black or something, but they did vote enough they like have enough leftist votes to come up with a veto-proof uh, resolution to dismantle the police. So they're pretty on your agenda. They're pretty there with you. Uh, the Minnesota Attorney General, that happens to be Keith Ellison, none other than Keith Ellison, the guy who loves the Antifa handbook. The Antifa handbook. Antifa, right? Keith Ellison, famous picture of the Antifa handbook. He's your Attorney General in Minnesota. He's a black leftist. The system is you. What about corporate America, you'll say? Okay, well, sure. Not as many black, not as much black representation in corporate America. I agree. Unless we're talking about, you know, the NBA. I guess that's not corporate America. I mean, there's certainly sections, you know, uh, hip-hop music, very well represented. There's certainly industries that are highly represented. But in general, in corporate America and Wall Street, I agree. Not a lot of blacks. So what about corporate America? Are they ideologically aligned with you? Are they trying to fight you? Are they trying to push down the black man? Do they have systemic racism? They get up in the morning, Amazon get up in the morning and like, how can I, how can I make deliveries show up later for black people? Do they try and screw you over? Does Bezos try and make sure that black people can't succeed in life? Well, Ashley Ray Gold Goldenberg, uh, who is Communism Kills on Twitter, uh, she posted a Medium article recently listing companies, uh, she was starting to list companies that support Antifa and Black Lives Matter with links to their publicly available statements about supporting you guys, supporting you protesters and riots. She started listing companies. The list was basically everyone. It was basically everyone. Everyone from Adidas to Amazon to Amex to Bank of America to Burger King to Dollar Shave Club, which means I have to switch, uh, to Home Depot to Zoom, everyone, basically Everyone you would possibly do business with as a consumer was on this list. The last time I saw it, the list was up to 266 major corporations. Unfortunately, the system took the list down. Uh, she couldn't complete the list because Medium suspended her account and removed her post. Yes, that's right. The system that you're fighting against won't even let Ashley 
compile a list of public information about the corporations that are promoting your cause. I don't know how much more the system could be for you. How much more? The system is so manipulated and censored that she's not even allowed to name the companies that support Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Losing public information. She's not, it's not conspiracy theory stuff. She's not saying, you know, divulging secrets. So stop talking. If you're on the left, stop talking about systemic racism. The system is you. All right. Let's go to demand number four. We call for a national defunding of police. Well, at least this is a measurable demand, I guess. You can measure it, right? Uh, you can tell if you've done it or not. Are the police defunded? Yes, no. Um, but it is a completely unrealistic demand and a stupid demand that they know is never going to happen. Now, I'm saying this, just to be clear for people who don't know and haven't watched this show, I'm saying this as a voluntarist, a.k.a. anarcho-capitalist, a.k.a. I don't want a government, generally. My end goal is zero government. I would love to dismantle the entire state and have voluntary, peaceful relationships with one another. But that's not what Black Lives Matter is suggesting here. And even if they were suggesting it, by the way, I don't think defunding the police would be the right move tactically. It's a, it's a dumb first move tactically. But what they're suggesting here is that we maintain the entire apparatus of the state, but get rid of the people responsible for enforcing the laws. Now, you know who you're going to hurt most with that strategy? It's not the TV pundits and the Hollywood celebrities living in gated communities with private security. That's not it. It's not even your leftist professor at Cal who's encouraging you to throw bricks and loot CVS. Although I think he'll be dismayed to realize how short of the walk is from downtown Oakland to Berkeley. Uh, but the people you're really hurting are the residents of the inner cities who rely on the police. Not the 21-year-old gangbangers and meth heads who are spray painting FTP or whatever. Not them. The mothers, the fathers, the grandmothers, the grandfathers, the school children who are just trying to live their lives, make their lives better for their family, get a leg up in the world, go to school, learn something, better their lives, raise their kids, enjoy their retirement. They rely on the police. They rely on the police to protect them from violent criminals in their community because, by the way, those communities are rife with violent criminals. We've seen that in the stats. There are a lot of violent criminals in the inner cities. That's where a lot of the violent criminals are. The non-violent criminals need the police there. As I said, 88.9% uh, of black people are murdered by other black people. They're not murdered by cops. You've been lied to. You've been lied to about the police. Of course, of course, some blacks are wrongly killed by cops. And it's tragic, and we should arrest them and try them, as is happening in Minneapolis. Some whites are also unjustly killed by cops. But you're told, you're told that blacks are disproportionately killed by cops, white or otherwise. But again, you're being Lied to, just like we talked about the incarceration rate dis uh, disparity. You can't look at the demographics of the population generally and conclude systemic racism or racist cops are the cause. You have to look at the demographics of people committing crimes because committing crimes, especially violent crimes, 
increases the odds that you'll have an encounter with law enforcement. You might be unarmed at the time, but you'll you have increased odds of of an encounter with law enforcement. So, the Bureau of Justice Statistics in 2009, for example, they showed that uh, in the 75 biggest counties in the country, blacks were charged with 62% of robberies, 57% of murders, and 45% of assaults, but they only comprised 15% of the population. Well, what does that mean? It means cops are mostly dealing with, uh, or they're disproportionately dealing with blacks, right? They're disproportionately dealing with blacks. So you expect some disproportionate good interactions and some disproportionate bad interactions. They're mostly dealing with, with the black community, or at least disproportionately dealing with the black community. I don't know about mostly. Police officers are 18.5 times more likely to be killed by a black person than they are to kill an unarmed black person. That's the reality. The cops that are going into the inner cities it's a shit job. They're not there for you gangbangers and meth heads. They're there for the grandparents and the kids and the people who are just trying to live their life, better their lives, but they're stuck, surrounded by criminality. And those people are going to suffer. Now, none of this uh, black violence statistics, none of this makes the killing of an innocent man uh, by a police officer justified doesn't even make it excusable. I'm not saying that. But what it does mean is you can't immediately leap to the conclusion that the entire institution of law enforcement is full of racist serial killers. That's not a valid conclusion. I've already said that I want to see major police reform. I'm livid about the fact that we live in a society in which SWAT teams and armored vehicles and no-knock warrants, no-knock raids at five in the morning, they're all taken for granted. I don't want to live in that society. I'm angry about Breonna Taylor. Yeah, I am angry about her. Why don't you put no-knock warrants on your list to abolish Black Lives Matter? I'm also angry about Duncan Lemp. You have any idea who he is? Probably not. Let's do away with drug laws. Let's do away with no-knock warrants. Let's remove the power from the police by removing laws that they're allowed to enforce. Fewer laws, less power. But the fact is, most residents of inner cities, black residents, to them, outright defunding and dismantling of the police is a death sentence. Ask yourself this. Is having a police force really worse than having to answer to Raz Simone in his little section of Seattle? You want to have your local thug run your, your district? in your city? Is that what you want? You know damn well the nation is not going to defund all the police. You know this demand is bullshit, and I'm going to call you on it. All right, let's get to demand five. Demand five, we demand investment in our communities and the resources to ensure black people not only survive, but thrive. <laughs> I mean, this reads like a ransom note written by a retard. Uh, give us your money or we won't stop burning our own businesses. Okay. Okay, genius. Uh, look, again, this demand is impossible to meet. How much money? When is it enough? What gives you the right to demand other people's money in the first place? That's all this is. This is a ransom note. It's a demand for stuff. This is just looting written down in prettier language. And there's nothing noble 
about someone having a self-destructive temper tantrum over their right to loot. There's nothing admirable about that. No white person today that's alive owned slaves. No black person alive today, at least in the U.S., has ever suffered as a slave. Demanding a handout is pathetic. It's self-demeaning. But I do have, I do want to end on a message to the Black Lives Matter people. If you want to talk about money, let's talk about money. You want to talk about resources? You want to talk about money? You want some reparations? Let's talk. You are owed something. You are owed something. And I will support you if you want to demand what you're owed. Not because you're black, but because you're a free individual. And we all deserve to be free. You care about resources? You care about money? Hmm? You want a real demand? Demand to end the Federal Reserve. Hmm? Demand that the elite class stop bailing out their fuck-up cronies on Wall Street. Hmm? Demand that both Democrats and Republicans stop spending billions of dollars and thousands of lives killing people you've never met in countries you've never heard of. Guess whose money they're spending to do that? Guess whose lives you are being stolen from? And you deserve it to stop. We all do. Every time the Federal Reserve prints a shiny new dollar, the old dollar in your pocket is worth a little bit less every time. And they've been printing a lot of dollars lately. A lot. Since the Federal Reserve was created in 1913, your dollars have lost over 95% of their value. Not to mention the fact that thanks to all the spending that your politicians used to bribe you to get your votes, thanks to all that spending, your portion of the national debt and other government liabilities, unfunded liabilities, it's now almost a half a million dollars. That's right. You owe $500,000 that no one is telling you about. Individually, you, each one of us. So I guess in some ways, you are still slaves, but only in the way that we all are now. You, like everyone else, deserve to be free from government coercion. You shouldn't need a license to cut hair or to drive a cab or to sell weed or to own a gun. You shouldn't need the government's permission to start a business. And you shouldn't pay them tribute for the privilege of making money as if they're the mob. You demand to see black people not only survive but thrive? Me too. I'd love for all people to thrive. So stop falling for the racist crap of leftist elites who are telling you that everything you lack is the white man's fault and that you can't achieve anything without reparations followed by a Marxist revolution. Stop falling for this institutionalized racism bullshit. It's designed to pit us against each other. The system is failing you. It is. It's failing all of us, but not because it doesn't give us enough handouts or because it's run by racists. It's failing us because it's in our way. We can get along perfectly fine without a cabal of globalists telling us that we can't go outside without permission. Or that we're all supposed to hate each other over the color of our skin. It's a distraction. It's a distraction. Your, your university professors, your media pundits, 
your pandering kente cloth wearing politicians, they're all leeches. They're all leeches. They're salivating at the thought of more blood. Your blood, my blood, it doesn't matter. So long as we're distracted and they can seize just a little bit more power, get a little fatter, and they're bleeding us all dry. I don't know who penned your demands, Black Lives Matter, but I can't imagine that they resonate with any regular person of any color or race. They're vague, they're childish, they're impossible to meet. They're regurgitated social justice platitudes and they're nothing but a recipe for more unrest. But if you seek justice, actual justice, not social justice, if you seek justice, I urge you to think about what I've said. Let's end the war on drugs. Let's abolish no-knock warrants. Let's revoke qualified immunity and disband police unions, not police precincts. Let's erode the power of the police by removing the laws that they need to enforce. If there were no war on drugs, the excuse for no-knock warrants would diminish. Hell, let's even try and end the Fed. Those are the kind of demands that the system is terrified you will ask for. They're terrified that you'll write those kind of demands down. They don't want that stuff splashed on television screens and Twitter and Facebook. They don't want that. They don't care about your stupid social justice gobbledygook. They don't care. It doesn't mean anything. Your demands are meaningless and stupid. The system doesn't give a crap about those demands. You know what they're afraid you'll protest over? Abolishing the war on drugs. Abolishing the Federal Reserve. Ending no-knock warrants. They're scared of that stuff. Why don't you go protest against that stuff? Why don't you write those demands down? Because those demands are the kind of demands that don't divide us based on race, but unite all freedom lovers against the scourge of tyranny. And that's what's terrifying to this system. That's what they don't want. And those are the kind of demands that I, for one, could get behind.